just because you enjoy something doesn't mean you can't critique it or you have to just stop liking things that are bad. Sometimes it's necessary. <laughs> They just fly onto the boat. <laughs> the best part of the entire movie. I mean, yeah. there were so many shots of people getting run over by cars. Like for every John Wick, there should be like a Ruby Rose yeah. equivalent. Yeah. I'm Sarah Barson. And I'm Kelly Kaufman. And together with you, dear listener, we form the Bad Feminist Film Club. Hello, Bad Feminists. Welcome to a New Year's edition of Bad Feminist Film Club. Welcome, welcome. Hello. Happy New Year, everybody. We are recording this on New Year's Day 2022. How exciting. Um, and even more exciting because, thank God, we're here to talk about <laughs> Matrix Resurrections. Yeah, Which, I mean, oh. been meaning, oh, I've been meaning to talk about this. And also, thank God it's on HBO Max mm-hmm. currently. Uh, because I wasn't going to go to the movie theater and I see it. I did see it in theaters, but I had, a, it was, it was very fun to see it in theaters, get that experience I wa- and yeah. then come home and be able to rewatch it for, for this specifically, but it was fun to rewatch it again immediately, yeah. which I wanted to do. I definitely want to see like the theatrical experience is just not in my, uh, my time or COVID's time. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. I only, I went to like a matinee and there was like two other people in the theater. So I was like, okay. That's the move. That's the move. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, spoilers, if you haven't seen it, please go see it. Honestly, like, I, I'll just get out of the way. I am so glad that this movie is good, and it really, oh my gosh, yeah. like, I don't know if I could have handled it, and I think it honestly snuck in under the wire as, like, ended up being one of my favorite films of, um... Yeah, I just think if you are a Matrix fan, but I think if you're more of a Wachowski fan, mm-hmm. this might be good for you, because it's such a blend of kind of late late stage Wachowski movies, even though it's just directed by Lana. Yeah. But um I also think it's a great continuation of the series yes. if you kind of were more down in kind of the the second half of some of the Matrix stuff, like not just the classic first movie and kind of the elements of the second and third one, which seem to kind of incorporate the fourth one with the Merovingian. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Among other things. I think yeah, I mean it now, having seen it a second time, I feel, like, mm-hmm. pretty secure in saying that, yeah, I think this this feels like a great culmination of a fourth movie for a trilogy, which is always incredibly yeah. difficult to do. I think it successfully pulls in elements of all three films while still yeah. improving upon the last few films in a certain ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and, to your point, I think it is kind of a culmination of what a lot of Wachowski films have been saying thematically up to this point um again even though you know only lana directed this one like there have been clear themes in like all of her and all of their films like throughout their career um and this really really nails it (laughs) in a lot of ways well i think with their filmography it kind of makes a wonderful return back to one of their earliest films as both a continuation of but a reflection of themselves Mm -hmm. uh when you know they made the first Matrix, as you can see. I mean, throughout the movie, you see clips from the first mm-hmm. Matrix. There's kind of, it's, sometimes it feels, and not, this is not in a negative way, but like a clip show-esque yeah. where that you see flashes of the original movie, which you, you don't really see in, you know, a continuation movie mm-hmm. that's like a, in Star Wars, had flashes back like, oh, Han Solo. And it was just young Harrison yeah. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> but I think it works because it, it, the entire movie really feels like a reflection mm-hmm. on the series and also the creators and their journeys up into this point. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, it is kind of amazing. I think there are definitely parts that get a little too meta and some of it's funny <laughs> and some of it was less so to me. But I, yeah, yeah. It, it is kind of amazing that they managed to make it meta, fold mm-hmm. in all the previous movies in a really literal way, like through clips and through yeah. references and all these things and do that successfully and do it in a way that... I found confusing in a good way, I guess I would say, because I definitely yeah. have some questions about like, like when he walks in and they're playing clips of it on these right. tattered screens, which is just a fantastic set piece. I'll oh, always looked great. go for that. But I was like, so what is the game then in the canon of the movies? Are the movies up to now a game that Neo wrote in the movie? <laughs> like, it's like, this doesn't. 
<laughs> so there's definitely a little bit where I was like, mm, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to think too hard about this. But um, overall, I think it was like pretty successful and they managed to do it mm-hmm. without getting too self-congratulatory about it because it is yeah. really like interrogating what is, what does this mean? And specifically, what does this mean to me, the creator of this? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I think it's like, it's because of some of the things says, it's not... I would say it's an imperfect film, but I think that also kind of makes it great in its own way that it it's not striving for perfection because, you know, I think especially, I think we've talked about this before, is like The Matrix, the first movie, is very much a perfect movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's like pretty much little to none like elements that you would really remove or necessary. It's like, you know, so I think it being more flawed is kind of a reflection of both the creator Mm -hmm. (laughs) in their journey of being of allowing themselves to be a little flawed like neo's flawed trudy's flawed it's not um a perfect movie from beginning to end where there's you know uh it it deviates a lot which i think is in a good way introducing new characters and bringing it more as a whole where i think in comparison it's like because it's hard to compare yourself to the original movie yeah. you know it, you can't you can't you can't really match up to that and i think this is like a great example of kind of especially with neo allowing himself to be for a huge majority of the time really like just either depressed <laughs> feeling like he's being gaslit just feeling kind of worthless yeah. for a lot of the time and you know with suicidal tendencies and and depressive thoughts it's it's a really great character arc i kind of felt like because it just it really seemed to work well with just kind of what happens when now you're 20 years removed from the uh, the, from the events of the first series like how different have you become and they they let him show his age too which i thought was good i was i really liked that and i i mean I will say, I thought him and Carrie Ann Moss both looked phenomenal in this. Like, they, I mean, they look incredible. Great, but. but yeah, I mean, also, I mean, getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but the fact that he doesn't really ever recover his ability to fly, I felt that was yeah. actually great. And I really liked that. And we'll get into the ways that I think it's very interesting that the narrative kind of transfers to Trinity in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But I also, it cracked me up because in the very last scene, Trinity has her like amazing entrance where <laughs> she flies in and Neo just like takes the stairs, I guess. Like, <laughs> It's really good, but I really like that. And and I do think Mm -hmm. you're right. There is something there about like aging gracefully and part of aging and and having distance from things that you did when you're younger is that you change and like you might, it's not better or worse. You're just different because there are lines in the movie Mm -hmm. where like Smith says like, you're, you're not yourself. And he's like, no, I'm not (laughs) actually, I'm really not, you know, (laughs) like, (laughs) especially because, you know, uh, if you didn't watch a movie or, you know, we're just kind of going to explain of that Neo being trapped in this new matrix by the machines to order to power themselves. Uh, but he's still a game designer making the matrix and just, and there's like just so many points where it's like almost not even meta or it's like, it's like just literal them just saying Warner brothers wants us to make another matrix movie. Uh, and like, we had to do it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> That was very funny. I thought that that was one moment where I was like, yeah, I get it. It's tongue in cheek, but it, it's yeah. pretty funny, actually. <laughs> no, yeah, I thought that was hilarious. It was, but it's just, you know, even that of him trying to make a new game, uh, which is just, you see how much of Lana and like the Wachowskis as like duo have poured themselves into like Neo as part of like their identity, which is like also just pretty much in text as well mm-hmm. of of neo talking to smith of basically being like i put a lot of myself into this game and like now it's like hugely popular and everyone thinks they know me because of that and i think that's just such a interesting element especially now that we're talking about it as well yes of just you know this is a really personal the matrix is very personal Mm -hmm. to the wachowskis and it's and you just have the dichotomy of it being one of the most like famous films of the 2000s. Yeah. And just like someone dissecting your life essentially and that yes. you you get that a lot with like Neo cuz like Neo seems like the obvious example for them a lot of the time. Yeah. Not, not all of it, but um and I, I I was just thinking about that how you just like have something that you've just poured your life into 
and like you're now reevaluating and like are you the same can you make that movie anymore you know yeah. which i thought was really fascinating as well yeah i love that too and it really there's a there's the kind of montage where they're doing like the focus group uh mm-hmm. trying to like talk about well, what does the matrix mean and they literally say crypto fascism trans politics yeah. they say all these things and so i love that honestly because it feels and we'll get into this in a little bit but it feels like Lana is going, okay, here's all that, like, you think it's this, this is this. And, yeah. and then the theme that is the one theme that carries throughout all the movies is a love story. That's what the yeah. theme is. And so the answer to all of this is it feels like Lana's kind of going, like, like whacks you across the face. And yeah. it's like, it's about love, like, you know, and like, which I, I love, you know, like, it's great. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, definitely that part in particular absolutely felt like something that really happened <laughs> to, to her, which I completely believe. Like, <laughs> Well, I mean, and especially if you go back into even the co-opting of like the red pill mm-hmm. of, you know, like that documentary where a feminist becomes like a men's rights activist. That's like that documentary, yeah. which I think is mostly fake. I don't know. I've never watched it, but I don't know how true that is. Anyways, yeah. uh, but like, it, but the red pill is like, was based on like the original matrix. And I think it's like years of Lana seeing people who would not agree with her, you know, with like her mm-hmm. living and existing like co-opting her personal film for their side. And I think that's something that you see a lot coming back to. I think exactly what you're saying when you're like, oh, it's actually about this. And the the one I was like, it's actually about capitalism. Which is like really funny. (laughs) A lot of people say that too. I mean, I think we even say that about her previous films as well. So I mean, mean, like, you know, we're all guilty. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it is, you know, I do think that is a theme of this movie as well, is that mm-hmm. you can say whatever you want in words, you can call it whatever you want, like, you can... But at the end of the day, like, the way you feel about something and the way that you love yeah. something is, like, that's what's real. And that's how you escape the Matrix at the end of the day, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think, like, because we talked about, like, there's a line that Bugs says where yeah. they're talking about how, like, you know, this is something that meant a lot to people like me and they turned it into something trivial you know and and right. that is a running theme throughout this movie and several of their movies to be honest um but i think that that's like the antithesis to all of that is just to like if you love this movie this movie's for yeah. you that's who this is for exactly. and that's what this movie is about is that you love it and that's all that matters like the rest of it like we can talk about a meeting whatever we want but if you love this movie like this is that's what it's about and it, it kind of reminds me of, like, how the people who like Jupiter Ascending, like, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's not, it doesn't have, like, that kind of snarky internet, like, shame, <laughs> the kind of, uh, I like, everything has to be ironic mm-hmm. type of thing, where I think Lana is, like, definitely pushing back against all of those kind of ideals of people who just don't care about mm-hmm. things. And, you know, that was, like, a, which I think is so interesting in this movie as well about how they're feeling like people don't want to escape the matrix anymore because they don't care like they don't want to and i think that's also like a great example of how like a lot of society is just like very cynical and just wants to stay in that kind of snarky ironic i don't care about anything life and then that's why you know like you said love and, and in this example between like neo and Trinity is like the most important part mm-hmm. like you have all these other elements but at the end of the day that's what matters the most yeah. and i think that's something that you know you see a lot i think like even in the past like 20 years are people removing themselves of just being genuinely loving yeah. something you know i think you if you look at like marvel movies for example they always have to have a quip mm-hmm. or always have to undercut uh like a genuine moment and i think that this movie is genuine yeah it, it it doesn't hold back there's not a lot of like snark there's not a lot of that kind of like modern day like humor of mm-hmm. the like okay we we can't have a serious touchy-feely moment you know I, there's not that much of that yeah like, in this movie which is 
kind of interesting when I was watching it is that you, we forget that, like, not all movies are just like that. You know? Yeah, well, I, I think it plays in a lot to what we've discussed as well in other episodes about how, how sexless a lot of movies are these days. Mm-hmm. And I always, I feel weird explaining it that way because, like, it's not about the sex. Like, that's not what it's about. It's about this lack of connection between two characters mm-hmm. and, like, real connection. And, you know, again... Marvel comes up a lot because that is kind of has been the big behemoth that is running a lot of cinema these, you know, recently. But yeah, it's like there is so much separation and so much, whether it's quips or whether it's like actors not knowing where their lines are coming in a scene because they only get this (laughs) much of it and they're acting apart from other people and like the the real realities of the mechanics of how those movies are made. that all kind of plays into this overall sense that I get in our in our culture mm-hmm. of like this this desire to remove that from from the way that we interact with people and even in the real world. And that is also a theme that comes up in in this yeah. movie, which I think this was what I loved about it. Honestly, again, like this is why it feels like a culmination of a lot of like Lana and then also both the Wachowski's like themes leading up to this mm-hmm. movie, which is like the analyst literally says, like, the worse we treat you, the more we manipulate you, the more you produce. And it's all about, he yeah. says, quietly yearning for what you don't have and terrified to lose what you do. And I'm like, that ain't that ain't capitalism in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> That's, you know? And so again, like, the response is, so if they're going to use, they're trying to use your feelings to manipulate you. They're mm-hmm. trying to, like, tell you that, like, this is what you're allowed to feel, but only in, in prescribed amounts, only up to this point, right. only if it serves the purpose of selling you something or, or moving you towards productivity or whatever it is. Right. And so the answer is to feel your feelings and to love <laughs> yeah. and, like, not just romantic love, but, like, be passionate mm-hmm. and, like, love what you love and love the what you make and, like, all these things. And, like, it's just, I don't know. I've said to Kelly, like, I came out of this movie, like, I felt like I was going to, like, jump and fly into the sky. (laughs) I really, it was so invigorating because I think that message is, like, so rarely heard, you know, and especially in movies Mm -hmm. these days. And that just, like, yeah, it's kind of overwhelming. Like, it's just such a wonderful, like, concept. Well, and I think especially of how they portray, especially Neo, in a lot of this movie of being, like, I would say, like, a pretty accurate depiction of just being feeling like you're trapped in the minutiae of every day yeah. of there's not really a lot of joy in your life you know I think if, if someone's ever experienced that kind of feeling mm-hmm. I think you'll notice that it's like kind of okay I wake up I go to work I come home do it again yep. and that and how you lose a lot of what you were saying that kind of joy that love that feeling you're feeling because you're kind of stuck in this like hamster wheel mm-hmm. of your life and then you you slowly forget like, what makes you happy? Or, like, you know, I think even, like, Neo says at one point, like, him seeing Trini at the coffee shop is the best part of, you yeah. know? It's like, yeah. Which is, like, you know, and it's sad. But I think, you know, I think a lot of people on different levels have experienced that, mm-hmm. of that kind of ennui and, you know, some some might have, like, depression or, you know, and, like, more mental health issues with that. But I think that's – I think that was a great comparison of just – that like okay, remembering what it was like to have like a lot of joy in your life and to to like break off from those the yeah like the minutiae like of everyday life kind of thing yeah yeah I just love it it's so good <laughs> <laughs> um so I feel like we should talk about some of the characters because there's yeah. still, still more big themes that I feel like I need to discuss but mm-hmm. um so I mean, the first character we're really introduced to is Bugs, mm-hmm. who I just adore. Yeah. And I, I Ooh, love so that she gets, she really gets, in in the moment of her trying to watch the original Trinity sequence, yeah. she gets her own Trinity moment. Because, like, yeah. she she's, like, she's got her own, like, abilities within the Matrix that are, like, really impressive. And I love that they give her a really great, like, cold open to introduce this character and make yeah. you, like, root for her, like, from, from the beginning. Also, there's a lot of scenes of like her action sequences that I'm not like that are really amazing and like, I don't know how they shot it like you know yeah. I think that's also like an improvement I think from the original series is like how they've like readapted abilities and powers in the Matrix yeah. and I think Bugs is like a good example of that since she's like kind of newer mm-hmm. the newer character to the Matrix and so she has the, the newer abilities yeah but, and I I just love that they brought in so many new people at the forefront so it's like her and then meeting quote-unquote Morpheus oh my god you know (laughs) just also amazing like he 
he I don't I, I can't really put my finger on it, but it's the way he portrays what he is, which is a digital recreation yes. of a combination of Morpheus and Smith, which is right. like he says, it's a little bit crazy making. And the way he just <laughs> he's he plays it exactly right, which is as as a digital recreation would play someone who is the ultimate cool and the ultimate style, right. you know? And he just like the scene where he shows up in the in the white room and he's just like yeah. sitting in his like armchair with his like amazing suit and he's like Hey, here. <laughs> you know, <it's> just... <laughs> also, I just love that using a character that is also just only that only kind of resides in the Matrix mm-hmm. and not in the real world mm-hmm. is like I love that that's an evolution of what they're able to do in yeah. the Matrix, and I think this is like very. I think you like see this in like sci-fi novels, but I don't like you usually don't see that much like, on the screen of having kind of not a real entity person where they're yes. just a program. And I mean, and I know that they did that in, like, other Matrix movies, but I think this was really interesting since, like, he didn't, since Neo created him, he kind of didn't belong to the Matrix or wasn't yeah. part of a cog in that, like, cycle. So it was just, like, it was really cool to kind of have a character who who wasn't, like, human. Yeah. Uh, that had, like, a great, like, arc still. They really, I th- I thought it was so smart that they show how both the Matrix and the real world have progressed. Because they say yeah. in the movie, even though, you know, in our world, 20 years have passed literally since the movie came out. Yeah. Um, the, in, in the real world, 60 years have passed. And so you get to right. see, like, all these evolutions of technology and how technology has changed noticeably. But also, I think to your point about bugs a little bit, like... I think the people and the way they interact with the Matrix has evolved as yeah. well because there's these all these like cool things that they do and it comes it feels like it comes very naturally to them things that mm-hmm. would have been like astonishing like in the original Matrix like yes. come much more naturally and I think it's because like they've evolved and grown and like now how the ways that they interact with these things are different than they used to be. And it kind of reminds me of like when newer generations are better at technology than older yeah. generations where like they just exactly think about things differently they use technology different than us you know i think that's i think that is like it was kind of like oh here's how the younger generation would be in the matrix which is like and it shows like within their like fighting styles and all of their kind of movements within the matrix even like how they look how they were dressed even like i was even thinking about their like glasses like all their glasses were like well like there's one she's like a fashionista like had the like like really but i think that's great it's like kind of showing a little bit of like an evolution of like how would the new generation work within the matrix and and you could tell it's like it's and i think that's what's good for neo because you can tell he's like catching up Mm -hmm. to what he thinks is the matrix but the matrix has also changed within itself yeah definitely i know i was thinking about that with the fashion too because i was like there's some parts where i'm like yeah that's cool but then there's other parts like yeah. um lexi's hair is just like wild and, and i was <laughs> yeah, like no hmm, that one so it's funny because i think when you watch the original matrix it's very much a time capsule because it is yes. like it is taking the fashion of the 90s and turning it up to 11 yeah. whatever it is and i feel yeah. like they kind of did that in this one so there were i did have the thought of like so in 20 years is this gonna look like a bonkers like setup yeah. like how we look at the original um but yeah i did like i liked all of Bugs' wardrobe, for sure. Um, yeah. And Lexi also wears one where she steps through the mirror in the hotel room, and she's got, like, the tall yeah. boots and, like, the little blazer. And I was like, mm-hmm. I want that. Like, yeah. you know, like <laughs> So, um, and also, full Sense8 cast, like, reunion in this movie, oh, which yeah. made me so happy. I didn't even realize it until, I think, Shepard comes along, and I was like, mm-hmm. hang on a minute. And then I realized that, like, <laughs> half the cast is in this movie, which made me really happy. Which <laughs> And then I also want to talk about Smith and was it the analyst too, which I think is so interesting because I think Jonathan Groff and Neil Patrick Harris often play characters that are like, like more of the the lead or the good guy. And I think that some people don't like it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because they're meant to be villains (laughs) and they're better at being villains uh, than I think being like the traditional good guy. And I think. And I think this is their calling. I think for both of them, <laughs> equally. Because, like, I think, uh, I remember for, like, Neil Patrick Harris when he did that. Do you remember he did that Joss Whedon short, the Dr. Horrible Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, thing? yeah. yeah, yeah. I yeah. about that, yeah. And I was just thinking about that when he was, I was like, this is 
this is what he's good at. Is he's good at doing very like genuine and he's like, oh, he's nice. He's smiling at you. But he's, like, manipulating Yeah. You. Well, because I was thinking about Gone Girl a lot. Because oh, also yeah. how funny it is, that. like, that this is now the second movie where he's had his, as a villain, had his throat slit <laughs> by, like, a really terrifying woman. Like, that's yeah. that apparently is his thing now. That just went, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, he's fantastic. I, I like that. Yeah, there's, so, <laughs> I mean, his character is just written so... He, he gets a lot uh, of good lines to really, like, mm-hmm. chew on. I will say yeah. his misogyny was the only part to me mm. that felt a little bit shoehorned in. And I don't know, because there's so many themes in this movie, and they work right. quite well, I think, in most cases, and they're very complex and subtle. And that mm-hmm. was the one thing where I was like, why Why is he calling her a bitch? Like, that is, that's kind of yeah. shocking, actually, mm-hmm. like, weirdly in this movie. And so, I don't know, there was, like, certain parts to that where I was like, huh, I wonder why this is here, you know, but sure. <laughs> yeah, like, I wasn't sure if that was more for, for, like, Trinity, since, like, I always felt like Trinity never got, like, as a character in, like, criticism mm-hmm. or any kind of, like, online chatter, never gets, like, the, just, you know, the the awards that she not awards but you know respect, what I'm saying. Yeah. like really yeah. the respect thank you uh like that she deserves yeah. and i think that like that's like part of that arc is kind of just it feels like a certain type of like online commenter yeah yeah that's true <laughs> who yeah. doesn't like a specific type of woman like that um i think especially which i because i always thought was kind of interesting in the original movies and it's like she's like this in here but mm-hmm. she's not ultra feminine you know yeah. especially in the original movies like she has short hair she has short hair in this as well and i always found it interesting that like her makeup was very subtle even within yes. the matrix like even her vision of herself in the matrix is not super feminine yeah. in like that kind of like traditional feminine way i guess yeah. i would say um which always like i think men not just men but like some people found off-putting you yeah. know it's like she's not really for like just being like a sex symbol or something like that to, for some people in the traditional way where I think like that's maybe where that's coming from I wonder if that's kind of a response to like Trinity because we always hear about like Morpheus Neo mm-hmm. Smith but like people don't talk about a Trinity as badass as she is a lot of the time when people talk about the Matrix yeah and I, I do think that, that that probably is like closer to what it is because like I do find it interesting and I really like that this movie does put more weight on her. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's even the part where Lexi comes up to Neo and is like, I'm doing this for her because, like, I always wanted to be as, as, like, brave as her, basically, you know? And that's a really... It's true. Like, I think so many people, obviously, for obvious reasons, focus on Neo as, as, like, the heart of these Mm -hmm. stories. But, yeah, I mean, in in the original and in the later ones, like, she's as powerful as him in a lot of ways. And I think it's Mm -hmm. really interesting... I think there's two things to it. I think one is what this movie kind of posits in a way is that you could almost read it like there never was the one. It always right. was about their connection. Like their connection exactly. is what it is, you know? And so by that, to that end, you have to believe that like both of them are of equal power then if if that's mm-hmm. how you're going to view it, you know? And then I also think there's definitely something to your point about reevaluating the original series and, and seeing, you yeah. know, how times have changed how the Wachowskis have changed like I think it it kind of represents like a retelling of that story and being able to say like mm-hmm. actually this was this was a really important character and I think that that's like yeah I, I, I mean that's a story that even women tell themselves mm-hmm. all the time where yeah. you're like oh she's a woman character she's not as interesting as the main character and I think yeah. over time as you be- grow older and you maybe become more familiar with feminism and you change those systems in your Mm -hmm. mind you start to appreciate those characters more at a later time you know and so I do think there's something going on there and I also think there's definitely something going on with like the lens of trans experience as well where it's like you Mm -hmm. begin to accept and that duality in yourself and you understand that you look back at past experiences with like a different lens you know so I think it it was very powerful honestly yeah and I think like that's what I really liked about this movie is putting Trinity back into the forefront that I think she always was. And I think that the original movies always considered her Trinity mm-hmm. to be as equal as Neo in a lot of 
in a lot of respects, but I think in this one, they Lana really makes it very apparent that like Trinity is as essential as Neo Mm -hmm. in some ways that especially in the parts where uh when she decides to reject her fake family yeah with her husband Chad did you clock that that was was Chad Stahelski the director of John Wick of all the John Wick movies yeah (laughs) no but that's funny I thought I thought she was making a joke about like Chad Chad. I know Chad (laughs) handsome Chad yeah I thought that was funny (laughs) <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I was dying. I had some no, I didn't clock that, but that's even funnier. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that part where you have all, like, the SWAT guys and they're just trying to, like, grab each other's yes. hands. And, and, like, Neil Patrick Harris is like, don't let them yeah. talk. <laughs> and I think that's, like, you know, and I think that's really great because I think, you know, if you look about the first Matrix movie, about how Trinity's destiny is just she falls in love with the one. Mm-hmm. And I think if you took that without any context, you'd be like, oh my gosh, you're giving the woman character the love plot line. Yeah. Which, you know, this is what this is what I think is kind of great about analyzing through a feminist lens. Is that if you just took that nugget, you'd be like, that seems a little mm-hmm. sexist. But, you know, in in this context, is that I think Lana and the Okasi's like we're trying to reverse like we were saying earlier about like love isn't like this lesser thing. Yeah. And like love isn't just like, oh, for women or like or it's like it makes them, you know, and I think seeing that as like her destiny in the very first one and how that has connected into this new movie of where that's the most important thing. Yeah. And if you have them be back together in love is the worst thing for the machine. Yeah. Like the system or whatever. And I think that's what is really great is that, like, how, especially in criticism, you have to see it all in the context of how they were, like, kind of working against this idea of just, like, a woman in love. Yeah. And, but, like, it it did not lessen the fact that her love is very important. And I I really like that because I think a lot of times, you know, movies look down or, like, people look down on love interests Mm -hmm. and, and don't give them a lot of space. And I think this also made Neo just the love interest as well. But, like... (laughs) I know. But and, but I think that's, like, what's good about this movie is that, you know, love doesn't need to be this, like, lesser thing. Yeah. Or it's, like, not as important. I even think about, like, like, remember when we did, like, Spider-Man 2? It's, like, <laughs> it's kind of like that. It was, like, you know, like, no, actually, like, her and Peter, like, being in love is, like, kind of important to, like, this whole movie. Yeah. And would kind of fall apart if it didn't, you know, if it didn't have it. And I think that's what we're missing in a lot of movies mm-hmm. where they, a lot of people see as love interest as replaceable or like strong human intimate connections as like oh well we can get a new person yeah or we can get you know or we don't need this in this movie um and i think that's what like the matrix is kind of going against is like no this is actually very crucial yeah people have human connections well that's it uh, that's that's what it comes down to is that like again you know in a in a series that has become so commercialized and kind of broy and has become all these mm-hmm. other things to groups that like you said like aren't really down with like the original intent even potentially of the yeah. story it is awesome that these movies it feels like they keep dragging the audience back in like the best way to being like nope love is the yeah. most important thing actually <laughs> like this is what it's all about and again like it's it's the difference between that commodification of love as a as a yeah. interchangeable commodity and like a thing that you can like just swap out when you don't feel like it to a thing that is real and central and like yeah. world changing essentially you know and exactly i mean i can't like the idea of them reaching for each other again and again across time across like different storylines and reboots is like amazing like that is so emotional yeah it is is wonderful and i i absolutely cried multiple times in this movie and even on the second rewatching and like i really like the emotional story between the two of them is like so deep and so intense and it just it's it's yeah really fantastic and I think there's the chemistry between the two actors as well. It's like it it's how it was in like the first movie. Like they haven't lost it all. And I think that's just also special, you know, yeah. to see two two actors have worked together across like decades. Yeah. And like you still kind of see it like in a culmination at the end where it's like the two of them are what's important to this entire series yeah. and like that's what matters. It's like it's not it's not just about like the machines or like or 
or with like they're making fun of bullet mode or whatever (laughs) and like you know that kind of stuff it's like it's not about that stuff Mm. you though that stuff is very cool yeah (laughs) that's it i mean like that's uh, this movie works on many different levels and i think there's many different things you can read into it which is always a great part of any good movie you know but yeah Uh i i think um it can it can be meaningful and it can look cool as well. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I think it, you know, it means a lot to different people. So I think like like as a woman, I think I, you know, are relate to Trinity a ton. But I think, you know, if, if you look at Bugs, I think like her emerging as a character, Neo, I think, you know, there's a lot of uh metaphors that can be taken depending on like you know your background and like what this means to you and i think especially for like you know trans men and women like that that's like a whole thing about how this is a very personal journey for lana yeah and how that comes together and i think you know i i i want to say it's like that's also pushing back against like a lot of like transphobia and people who like who are transphobes who have like co-opted some of this stuff for their own gains and i think this is like her essentially being like no the matrix is mine and this is doesn't belong to people who don't accept me and like don't like want to be a part of this and i think that also just for that reason i think that's like awesome that like this movie is like made because i think it's it's very much a rejection of anyone who uses like the red pill for like you know any sort of like anti-feminist or like anti-trans type of like rhetoric yeah online and i think you know you've seen that like from when it first came out and like how people have co-opted that Mm -hmm. of saying you know of what they think the system is or like you know being anti-woke and all that stuff so it's like i think that you know how people misinterpret this movie is very interesting which is like maybe for a different episode (laughs) but i think that's what that's what i think uh, like at the end of the day this movie is also is just like a a reclaiming of what the matrix is yes and i think that's why at times i i would say is maybe the only kind of critic well, not the only one but like one of the criticisms is like it's very blunt mm. uh where i think that where the matrix wasn't as much but i think this was like for the reason of of for like for people to not misinterpret yeah. <laughs> this time is is to reclaim it for like for Lana and herself and to be like, this is actually what the Matrix is about. And that's why you'll probably see a lot of people who are Matrix fans not like this movie because they they like maybe more of the action part of it and not all, all of the other metaphors and what like this really means like from the creator yeah. herself. No, I think you're right. I mean, it really feels like a, like you say, reclaiming, but also like a reset mm-hmm. and also like a really, yeah. it's just cutting through all the bullshit to be like, yeah. no this is what it's about you know <laughs> i'm telling you this is what it's about and i, I like it i also yeah i think that's yeah. amazing and I, yeah and i think it's just someone who how i imagine has felt misinterpreted probably for a lot of their career you know i think of of someone who's felt like you know people didn't understand their original personal film mm-hmm. and you know kind of taking that back in a sort of way and then i think also just seeing this kind of like kind of like depressive say it's like I don't know who I am anymore I don't know if I can do this I don't know if I can be this person Mm -hmm. and then having her being able to do it in her own way and be able to like take you know the Matrix series back uh as like I don't know I just felt like her putting her foot down it's like no this is for for me and for like people who are like me and I think that's something that I think is like the most important thing of this movie yeah uh which I think is like so important I didn't even like realize it until like after like credits are rolling it's like no she she put her foot she's put the stake down yeah. and said this is, <laughs> this is for me not you yeah yeah and i love it i mean that's so it again it's just it's very like affirming it's very like mm-hmm. and again even in the in the lens of like the entire film industry and like the idea that any yeah. person gets to make not only a movie that is theirs and and that yeah. but is is like this movie is theirs you know like this like this franchise is like so big and so important in in like so many different ways and yeah it's it's yeah very invigorating to see <laughs> yeah and, and you just don't get to see many creators get to like have their own public reflection of a of a thing that they made i thought i think that was like a very creative use especially of like flashbacks of using like neo mm-hmm doing the game the matrix of like it's just it's as much as a like reflectionary piece as it is its own 
new story. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, and I think that's, it's like a great opportunity because you don't get to see many creators get to like have that kind of self-reflection mm-hmm. in kind of like a fictional piece on something on their fictional yeah. series. And do it so successfully because I think there's mm-hmm. such a fashion fascination right now with, with reboots and like even yeah. creators returning to the thing that they once made, you know, and that's like right. a big thing. But yeah, this, I, I felt like the cuts back where they show the original mm-hmm. trilogy were very emotional and it does yeah. this amazing thing where I really felt maybe it's just because I already look at the movies this way but I I felt like it really mythologized the trilogy Mm -hmm. especially the first one in a way but that didn't feel self-congratulatory like it really feels like because I mean it all like plays into the story in a clever way but whenever they would cut back I was always like oh yeah man it's so good those movies are so good (laughs) like just and I I mean it's like and I think it doesn't feel self-congratulatory mainly because we have seen the effects that Matrix has. Mm-hmm. Like, people, like, if you did charades and you did the, like, backwards yeah. <laughs> flailing your arm bullet time thing, people are like, oh, the Matrix. Yeah. So it's like, it is very much embedded in, like, culture still. Yeah. Like, I think 10 years ago, it was, like, still very much the forefront. Because yeah. I, I forgot that the third one came out in, like, 2003. So it's, like, yeah. not even that. Like, it's, like, still, to me, I know that's 17 years ago. But, like, that's still, like, current. And, yeah. like, the effect of... Well, especially because the two... Hollywood. The second two, like, the second and third came out in the same year, I'm pretty sure, right? Like, the I first one came so. out, like, early and the second one came out later in the year. So, yeah, I think it's really interesting that it was such a a tight timeline for that. And then, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. It is... Yeah, it just makes me reflect of how, like, the early 2000s still has an effect on like movies today like i was like oh it's not the same year like spider-man 2 came out it's like we're just like re and and it's like and it just like made me also realize like how we really haven't progressed much beyond like 2003 or (laughs) 5 yeah you know it's like it's like i laugh because it's like you know that's why i think this movie kind of works is because we in i would say in the mainstream movie space not like independent films or anything like that i mean like american mainstream movies have kind of existed in this space yeah for like about the same time that the since the matrix has come out so i think that's why it's kind of interesting to have like a reflection from a movie like this yeah uh, like in this like landscape of like same like we're saying and as a listener i'm sure you know you you see reboots all the time <laughs> you see sequels or they call them, like, reboot sequels. Right. Like, Reboles, who knows yeah. what Who knows what James Gunn's Suicide Squad was, but it was, like, a both. <laughs> you know? And it's, like, we are in this cycle of, yeah. like, continuing reboots. And I think um, I, I am personally increasingly skeptical of them, uh, which many, I think, are. Mm-hmm. And I think this is, like, uh, kind of an exception yeah. to that. Yeah. And it is, I mean, again, going back to Marvel, how interesting that mm-hmm. The Matrix came out in, what, so they finished in 2003. Mm-hmm. And then Marvel. Yeah. How interesting that that happened. So Iron Man was 2008. So not that far yeah. off. And then how interesting for this movie to come out at the end when I think, to my mind at least, Marvel is kind of on the decline in a lot of ways. Yeah. I think it's so interesting that it bookends that that period. And I think you're right that, like, that is a big reason. Not just Marvel. I think it's, like, the superhero genre yeah. in general, which has superhero, ruled yeah. the last 20 years so deeply. Yeah. Like, I think it's... It is really, again, it goes back to the thing. It's really cool that they, it feels like given the text of this movie that maybe there was a little bit of um, resentment that she had to come back Mm -hmm. and make a fourth one potentially. And then how cool that she was able to do that and then make a movie that is in direct opposition to the system that wanted her to make it in the first place, you know, like it's, it's wonderful. Yeah, because, you know, you don't you don't quite see, like, movies like this anymore, like we said, being very genuine and sincere without having to undercut it with any kind of snark. So I think it's just, it's it's a great, yeah, like, it's a great bookend to, like, what we're kind of seeing in this kind of, like, superhero genre. And, like, the only movies that are, like, kind of made that aren't those are, are usually reboots. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting that, like, it exists in that space, yeah. in that context. Yeah. Oh, well, I feel like we took a long detour and then we didn't actually talk about Jonathan Groff yet. (laughs) So I feel like that's required (laughs) Um, because, yeah, he's so great. I love him with dark hair. I'm just going to say I think he looks fantastic in this movie. No, he looks Um, a lot better with dark hair, I think. But I do. Smith has always 
really fascinated me because I think mm-hmm. he exists like his only defining characteristic is that he's kind of a wild card and like you don't yeah. really know what he wants at any given time and so I feel like this movie kind of consolidated that in a way like from the past from the trilogy and been yeah I, I do really I mean I'm always a sucker for this dynamic but how he's like we're not allies and we're not enemies but if you get in my yeah. way I will not hesitate to kill you, <laughs> like, I, will you, know? you. Yeah. So, I do really like the relationship and I love how he it is very like convenient and so deus ex machina even um but the yeah. fact that he shows up at the end and like saves neo yes even though, but it's it's for his own like insane revenge plan right. like i really i like that a lot <laughs> yeah i think smith has always been a great character and i think especially if you watch beyond the first matrix movie especially like reloaded mm-hmm. of him becoming now his own program that the machines have to deal with yeah. and i think that and i think that's like another important point it's like if you haven't watched this and you listened to this already. Definitely watch the other two mm-hmm. because I think it, it makes a lot more sense if you're watching it as a whole. Mm-hmm. I think if you watch the first Matrix and the fourth one, you might feel a little yeah, off. Yeah, there's a lot <laughs> like, what? Like, there, And also, like, the tone is off. The mm-hmm. look is different. You know, I think you could also talk about how, like, there was more of, like, that green kind of very 2000s hue yeah. where I think that doesn't really exist in this yeah. movie. Uh, for its own reasons but I think it's like same thing it's like especially that like Jonathan Groft is Smith and you know I you're you're it's not the same reality that you're kind of like watching from like the first movie yeah and to that point I did notice I like that they updated this in a way where um they use the color blue again to represent Mm -hmm. the real world but it's not the way they did it so famously in the original movies where it's like green is the matrix and blue is the real world but in this case it's like whenever you see someone especially glasses which i feel like is a very you know they're seeing and that's always stuff to do with eyes it's like a big metaphor of but anytime that you see like a flash of blue that's someone even the analyst has this with his frames this is Mm -hmm. someone who sees the real world and sees the matrix for what it is and so i like that they kind of updated that convention to a new interesting little like metaphor right absolutely so, okay, I have a bunch. I feel like there's miscellaneous stuff that I want to talk about. I'm trying to find it. Um, I mean, yeah. So the last thing I do want to mention is just, again, the technology is really fun. And mm-hmm. I think we kind of brushed on this, but I do like that they brought in some really interesting, like, I guess you'd call it cyberpunk, like, ideas about, yeah. you know, characters like um, Sati live, like, her conscious as a sentient mm-hmm. program living in another machine's body and like I just thought there was some really cool like weird nonsense with that that I really enjoyed yeah I think what I liked about this is how where in the original movie it was basically humans versus machines and where this becomes like now there is like a coalition Mm -hmm. of programs slash machines sentinels and humans and I think that is like a good progression especially I find that like in sci-fi in general machines like humanoid machines Mm -hmm. i guess are often like a pair like a um, analogy for other like types of communities Mm -hmm. or different types of people i think about like data Mm -hmm. and like star trek or something like that where i think that like modernized it because usually like like humanoid machines are kind of uh, an additional type of person or anything like that where i think that kind of like meshes better and like makes a little more sense in the matrix well and it really it it updates the concept it reminds me a little bit of what they did with Fury Road as well, where it's this, in mm-hmm. a metaphorical sense, there's this idea of, like, there's no such thing as, like, good against evil at the end of the day. There are people, yeah. and sentient consciousness, I guess you would call it in this case, yeah. like, amongst the quote-unquote evil side who are also trapped yeah. by this system, and they also deserve to be freed. Right. And, to, and, and so the only way to do that is by working together. And so I really liked yeah. all the machines and the and the humans, like, working together. I want one of those little, like, animal machines floating around. They're so cute. Um, yeah, I, I thought that was a really wonderful this kind of addition as well is that like yeah things have evolved mm-hmm. and like now we all work together and and for a better future exactly and i think that's like that i think that was really great about this movie as a whole is that it it had all the matrix elements but then it it didn't like stay trapped yes. in like 1999 of of what like because i think in 1999 like machines and the internet was seen like yes. bad and it's like this is not good where i think now it's like okay this is like part of 
who we are. Yeah. Maybe the internet does suck, but we are all here together. Yeah. And I always say, like, in sci-fi, it's almost like manifestation. Mm -hmm. Like, you've got to manifest the future that you want. I think we spent too long in the machines are evil future, and now we just don't know how to recognize, like, a good from a bad technology anymore, which is a huge issue. But I think it's, so yeah, I think it's always good to see a version where it's like, maybe machines could be friends and we can all live together yeah. and that's fine too like you know it's yeah like, it's like not all technology is bad yeah, like, it's usually in the hands of someone who doesn't know what they're yeah, doing yeah <laughs> exactly or the system has made them this way yeah. exactly yeah oh i think did we get everything i, I, I think that's everything i got i'm sure, i mean there's so much more honestly like i think we touched on the big mm-hmm. stuff but like there's a this is a pretty deep text to be honest like i think there's a yeah. lot of things you could read into this that um i'm sure we haven't even brushed on um so if you get the chance by all means please watch it even if it is on your screen yeah um yeah i don't know anything else like uh no i would say yeah try to watch it because i think it's on hbo max until like the end of january mm. or something and i think it's it's definitely worth a watch and just watch all of them. Yeah, yeah. You know, watch all. It's of a them. little bit. I I've texted Kelly about this. They remind me. Reloaded in particular reminds me a lot of the Star Wars prequels because it's just yeah. a very similar look. Big they time. came out at the same time. Like it's a lot going on there. But I do think it's worth a rewatch. I actually, especially through the lens of like, I think, obviously this isn't new, but at least for me, I have become more educated in the language surrounding capitalism and some other things and so it's really Uh interesting to go back and see that they were they were talking that talk already in those movies and it's it's pretty interesting and just like as their filmography as a whole i think there's a tendency just to think about the wachowskis and i mean we have done plenty of episodes on (laughs) it so you can go back and check but like uh if you haven't this is your first time listening definitely if you like this or if you're interested in knowing more about them i would watch some of their later stuff Mm -hmm. because i think it has a lot of elements that aren't in the matrix and i think you know from like speed racer to jupiter sending you get you you have filmmakers who are doing a lot of stuff that aren't happening in a lot of mainstream movies so i think it's like it's definitely worth to like check in on their later work as well yeah and even the stuff so last thing i'll say about this is that what i find really amazing is that um david mitchell wrote on this who wrote Cloud mm-hmm. Atlas, the novel, um, and also the oh, yeah. film version of it. But by extension, so the Wachowskis were involved in Cloud Atlas, and they were also involved in V for mm-hmm. Vendetta, which is another right. one that's got some really fantastic themes about, like, everything, basically. Um, yeah. And so I think, uh, yeah, like, taking a look at their extended filmography, even, mm-hmm. is, like, super interesting to see the ways that those common threads go through all their films. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why the Matrix resurrections fits in all of this and is like a culmination of a lot of their filmography so i think that's what's like important so it's worth to watch the other movies as well do it (laughs) (laughs) all righty well happy new year everyone i i I can't say anything about my hopes for the new year except to say that um i hope everyone becomes happier and healthier and we all someday escape the matrix (laughs) (laughs) all i'm trying to aim for these days so um i mean i think it's pretty obvious but we're gonna be doing this podcast sporadically going forwards um, which is to say that we're gonna talk about things when we feel like we have something to talk about Mm -hmm. um we are not gonna adhere anymore probably to a strict two-week schedule um sorry we'll do our best to announce when we're gonna release something but otherwise um just keep an eye out on our socials and on um wherever you get podcasts because obviously it's gonna update there it'll be like a nice little uh, surprise for you when you you find out hey there's a new episode (laughs) um and of course like you know we always say like i i we both love hearing from anyone who listens so like if a film comes along that comes out this year or we haven't talked about that you think we it's worth us talking about like please send it in because um we always like to hear from about that (sighs) yeah other than that thank you so much for listening and happy new year and Stay bad out there, and we will see you when we see you. (laughs) That's going to be my new (laughs) sign-off.